And now we're going to talk about deepening your connection with God through a responsive prayer. What is that? I will explain. So, Andrew Murray, who was a pastor and an author of many, many, many books, and his books are really deep and really wonderful, uh, he said in his book, With Christ in the School of Prayer, though in its beginning prayer is so simple that the feeblest child can pray, it is at the same time the highest and holiest work to which man can rise. Prayer can be amazing, but it's also a mystery and sometimes frustrating. So many of us spend our lives in the church and we don't really know how to pray. We may feel like our short prayers are feeble or ignored, like our prayers are hitting the ceiling, or we spend our time reading each other's prayers, or we've never really experienced God speaking back to us in any sort of way. We sense that there's more to this relationship with God, but we don't really know how to get there. My friend, God has so much in store for you. A.W. Tozer said, God formed us for his pleasure and so formed us that we, as well as he, can in divine communion enjoy the sweet and mysterious mingling of kindred personalities. He meant us to see him, to live with him, and to draw our life from his smile. So in the words of Anne of Green Gables, God is our kindred spirit. He wants us to know him, to taste and see that he is gracious to us. He rises to show us compassion. He calls to us from across the deep and he rejoices over us with singing. Prayer is the way to that deeper divine communion with El Shammah, the God who hears. Prayer is the way because it's not a one-way speech. It's not a monologue. Not only does he hear us, but he is the God who speaks. Andrew Murray, again, wrote, Prayer is not monologue, but dialogue. God's voice in response to mine is its most essential part. So let's talk about how to get to that point where we feel like we're actually in dialogue with God, not just monologuing. I'm calling it responsive prayer because we're responding to God and he's responding back to us. The first thing we need to do is invite God in. The Bible tells us that when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. That's from Romans 8. So the Spirit sometimes prays for me instead of me, but he also wants to help me learn to pray. When I take the time to ask God what he wants me to pray before I actually start, my words are always more powerful and effective because he brings images and words and thoughts to mind. That which helps me pray along with his will. So several years ago, our church staff was praying over our pastor. I was just learning to pray out loud without rambling. I asked God what I should pray for for this pastor, and he reminded me of the time Moses was standing over a battle, and God said that as long as his hands were in the air, the Israelites would win. Of course, that's exhausting. So two of his helpers stood beside him, helping him keep his hands in the air. Out of that Bible story, I prayed that our pastor would have help during his battle, that those around him would continually lift up his spiritual arms so that his battles around him would be won. It felt like the most powerful prayer I had ever prayed. In fact, it felt like the first time I'd ever really prayed. And I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that God would answer it with a resounding yes because I was praying along with his heart for our pastor. In the future, I nearly always ask God for insight before I prayed, and the stories and scriptures he's given me really make a difference in the power of my prayers. I can really tell a difference when it's just me talking. My prayers feel awkward and I don't make a lot of sense always, but when I'm praying, 
really in the spirit, it's a huge difference in my prayers. I can really feel like God is doing something through me. So inviting God to teach us and our kids to pray is the best first step toward deepening our prayer lives. Him teaching us what to say and giving us words is part of how he speaks back to us. Another thing we can do is pray scripture. Hebrews 4.12 says God's word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So when you or your kids don't know what to pray, pray the words that God has already given us. God's words are alive and they are still powerful, even though they're quite ancient. In an interview, Tim Keller once said, I read a book some years ago by Eugene Peterson called Answering God. He makes a strong case that we only pray well if we're Im immersed in scripture. We learn our prayer vocabulary the way children learn their vocabulary. That is by being immersed in the language and then speaking it back. And he said the prayer book of the Bible is the Psalms. And our prayer life would be immeasurably enriched if we were immersed in the Psalms. So it may sound complicated, but the practice of praying scripture is simply turning Bible verses into a prayer. The easiest place to start is with the Psalms. So let's use an example from Psalm 46. It reads, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. So you could really just speak this back to God. God, you are our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Or you could change it up a little bit and say, thank you, God, for being my refuge and strength. Thank you for always being present when I'm in trouble. Help me not to be afraid when bad things happen, but to trust you no matter what. So if you really want to dig into this idea of praying psalms with your kids, I'm going to link to an interview with Sarah Keeling, who I interviewed a few months ago. Uh, she's the author of Psalm Prayers for Kids, as well as an article, as well, I'm also going to link to an article on Lectio Divina by Steph Turling from Raising Prayerful Kids. Scripture is one of the ways that God speaks back to us. When I pray, God often brings to mind verses, Bible characters, stories that help me understand God's heart or help me pray more deeply. And that is God responding to my prayers. It's responsive prayer at its best because it's like we're cycling together. I'm praying and he's influencing it. And then I'm praying out of that. It's pretty cool. I'm not saying it's always like that, but you can get to the point where that becomes more and more natural for you. Another aspect of this responsive prayer is listening prayer. So let's talk about something possibly a little more contentious. Does God actually speak to people in ways other than the Bible? I think so. So you might be wondering, is listening for God's voice biblical? Perhaps you were taught as I was that God only speaks through the words of the Bible. And I do believe he mostly speaks through the Bible, but... How did the people in the Bible hear and know God? <laughs> Elijah heard the whisper of God on the mountain. Moses saw God in a bush and God talked to him. And then he had very consistent communion with God. Deborah received battle plans and Elijah received travel plans. Samuel received messages from God as a child, an audible voice that he heard and woke him up. And the first when he was a really just a young child. Simeon received a very personal promise that he would live to see the Messiah. Paul, Joseph, Solomon, and Daniel received messages in dreams. Isaiah, Peter, and John received visions. 
Paul heard a voice that his friends couldn't hear when he was on the road to Damascus. Now, most of these people were guided by God in the complete absence of written words. If we truly believe the words in the Bible to be true, it stands to reason that God didn't stop directly communicating with his people just because we now have the printed word. An infinite God can choose to speak however he wants. A.W. Tozer said, God is forever seeking to speak himself out into his creation. The whole Bible supports this idea. God is speaking. Not God spoke a couple thousand years ago, but God is speaking. It is the nature of God to speak. The second person of the Trinity is called the Word. The truth is, God wants to be in deep communion with you and with our kids. Um, by, and that means prayer needs to be this two-way communication, not just us talking to the ceiling or to our toes if we're bowing. Now, to be honest, there isn't really anywhere in the Bible that says, I, God, will speak to you in words that aren't in the Bible. <laughs> but from reading about the real encounters that biblical people had with God, and from my experience and the experience of many others throughout the centuries, I believe God still speaks in the same ways he spoke in the Bible. Jesus spoke often of being a shepherd. And in John 10, verse 4, he describes the intimate relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. He says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. That's from John 10. If you've never heard the gentle whisper or nudge in your heart from God, it can be hard to believe that God would actually speak to your child. And it can be really easy to be skeptical about this happening to other people. But God does talk like that. And he can. You might want to do some simple exercises alone for some of these things that I'm going to teach you. Uh, you might be really surprised at what God will reveal to you. So if we're talking about actually hearing God's voice as words or pictures in our hearts or minds or rarely in our ears, um, you may be wondering, what does God's voice sound like? You won't be the first person to ask that question. <laughs> All of my kids have asked the same question, and I think that most Christians have asked it at some point in their lives. So here's the problem. Of all the competing voices in our heads and thoughts in our hearts, how do we know which one is God's? Hmm, that is tricky, right? I tell my kids that God's voice will always sound like love. Love for myself as an individual and love for humanity. In fact, the most common thing that I hear spoken to my heart and to the hearts of my children is, I love you. Once my eldest son reported after praying and listening to God that God had told him, I'm thankful for you too. <laughs> that made me chuckle. Are you ready to help your children and maybe yourself learn to recognize the voice of their shepherd? So here are three steps to help your child hear the voice of God. So first you're going to find a quiet place. The voice of God usually will not compete with noise. In the Gospels, we often see Jesus going to quiet places to be alone to pray. Mark 1.35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. If Jesus need to, needed to get alone to be able to have a real conversation with God, we probably do too. A quiet place with your kids can just be on their beds, but you can create a quiet place nearly anywhere by just dimming the lights and lighting a candle. You could have like a little special corner of your room. Some people use a closet. Um, personally, you can use the bathroom. I find that a good place to pray. Um, or when I'm alone, you know, doing chores, vacuuming, folding laundry, doing dishes. Those are good times to pray because usually people leave me alone because otherwise I put them to work. <laughs> Another thing you can do is light a candle. 
with your kids or by yourself and you just ask your child to sit by the candle and the candle reminds us that Jesus, the light of the world, is with us in this moment. And it kind of gives them just a way to focus. Not that we're praying to the candle or anything, but it just focuses our minds. So you found a quiet place, then you want to invite God to speak. You want to ask him to help your heart be quiet enough to listen. So you're going to help your child just get into a comfortable listening position, then you're going to pray together. You can say something like this. Jesus, please help me to listen for you today. Help my heart and mind to be quiet so I can hear you. Jesus, what do you want to say to us today? And honestly, not all the time where something will happen. Sometimes we'll just sit in quietness. But the third trick here, not trick, the third point here is that you want to wait in expectation. Realistically, we're not always going to hear his voice. It is very quiet and hard to identify and our thoughts often keep us from really hearing God. And sometimes he's just quiet and doesn't speak. But I find that when my boys and I are really waiting in expectation, if like it's all four of us together, at least one of us will hear something. I mean, in, in our hearts, right? I'm not talking about like hearing something in our ears, although I do believe that's possible. Anyway, don't, we don't do this nearly as much as I would like, but a few months ago I did this with my boys. I was super annoyed because they were bouncing around everywhere. Well, I was trying to read the Bible and I was like, oh, come on guys. Okay, I'm gonna write, light a candle. And I set it on the kitchen floor and I said, everybody sit down. <sighs> they did and we prayed for God to speak to us. Two of my boys, did, they didn't receive anything. That's fine, but the middle son suddenly looked really uncomfortable. He asked me to come over to his room privately so he could tell me what he had thought he heard from God. Has he whispered it to me? It was the exact words of encouragement that I needed to hear. They didn't really make sense to him. The words weren't for him, although they were given to him. They were for me. So while there are many times my kids don't receive anything from God, there are times when God absolutely blows us away. It's pretty cool. So in the interest of time, I'm not actually going to go through all the ways to discern whether or not what you heard in your spirit or what your child heard was actually God, but I am going to link to an article with four questions I ask myself and I teach my kids to ask themselves when you're wondering if something was just me or actually maybe God nudging you or speaking to you in some way. So if you're wondering how to discern if something was God's voice or your own, check out that article. Uh, next time, we're going to dig into some of the issues you might be having with reading the Bible as a family. Before you hop over to that lesson, be sure to add your golden nugget. You can leave it in the comments or in the golden nugget link. It can be something from this lesson that stood out to you or one prayer technique you want to try with your kids. Alright, see you next time.